Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning there, Pastor. So, Pastor Berg is on vacation this week. Sam is working on somebody's organ. So, I, uh, I recruited uh, Pastor Kretschmar from St. Paul's here in Sheboygan. And so, we get his wisdom uh, in unpacking the scriptures for us today. So, thanks for being here. Let's call it shared wisdom. Shared wisdom. There you go. <laughs> Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty and merciful God, it is by your grace that we live as your people who offer acceptable service. Grant that we may walk by faith and not by sight in the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. So we're looking at the Old Testament lesson? Yes, go for, for it. The ninth Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, looking at Genesis and the theme for the weekend, picked up in that collect of the day, Pastor Bray, uh, is obviously having to do with faith, as well as the response that grows out of faith from God's people. Uh, looking first at Genesis chapter 15, and uh, God's uh, additional visitation, I guess we would say, with Abram, and renewal of his promise. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have a, a great beginning here. After these things, when you hear something like that, then my mind immediately goes, okay, what just happened? Mm -hmm. uh, because there must be something important there. And it was. We had the event of Abram freeing Lot and his family uh, from captivity. And then the blessing by Melchizedek, uh, God's high yeah. priest, meaning king of righteousness, that name, mm -hmm. and giving him a blessing and a feast. Uh, so God, with his word, likes to work the ground once in a while. Uh, and he's working Abram. He gives him a great victory and then also a blessing to set him up for the restatement of the promise. Because what does God, what does Abram show us here? He shows us a little doubt. Mm -hmm. He's, he's impatient <laughs> and struggling. Um, but on the other hand, look at how he states his struggle. Abram was focused solely on God's promise of a nation. He says, what will you give me for I continue childless? Mm -hmm. His complaint was about the promise, which means he was clinging to the promise, but just struggling. Yeah, how's it going to be? Yeah, how's it going to be? And God doesn't throw him out. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't uh, chastise him. He simply restates the promise of a great nation. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, yes, you will not be childish. Your own son will be your heir. He restates the promise, but also with a, with a, a lasting object lesson. Look at the stars. 
So I'm asking, what, what does Abram do every night now yeah. since this promise? Mm -hmm. He looks up at the stars and is reminded of God's promise. Um, and as a result of the object lesson and the promise, um, he believed. Mm -hmm. His faith was re-encouraged, re-nurtured in God's promises. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we get the great uh, uh, Lutheran foundational principle of uh, justification by grace in terms of God's declared righteousness. He counted it to him. Mm -hmm. uh, any thoughts? He gifted you? it. Yeah, gifted it. Gifted it. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The whole declared righteousness aspect of how our gospel works mm -hmm. uh, for God's people. Yeah. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to add too: uh, Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. Um, you know, we sing about that in, of course, uh, a mighty fortress. Mm -hmm. God is our shield. Um, but also, um, if you want to put that in today's vernacular, God's kind of saying to Abraham, "Hey, I got this. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. Don't sweat it." Yeah. And then with the Hebrews, you know, picks up on the very thing with and it goes through all of those. So you would give us that. That'd be great. Okay. Um, want to read the whole thing? Sure. All yeah. right. Start to finish. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 16, the appointed epistle. Um, and again, obviously in this faith listing, we're going to hear that word a lot. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith. Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, 
but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had no opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has promised them a city. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Again, the great uh, um, listing of those of faith. Um, I don't know. I like this chapter. Well, and it really, really kind of, these all of three readings really fit well together. Yes. I mean, obviously, you know, it even picks up in Hebrews about the Genesis passage. Right. But then also in the gospel reading, and I'm just going to go there and then we'll unpack this sure. a little further. Sure. But in the gospel reading, you know, the what do you access? Do you just access the things of this world or do you look beyond yourself in faith toward God? Right. And what God brings. So from the gospel reading, Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah. Now, the way I'm going with this is, sure. is God loves everything he has made. Everything. Mm -hmm. But most of all, he loves you, the crown of his creation. To illustrate this, Jesus has you consider all that he has created and how he takes care of it. For example, he says, quote, consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? You are everything to him. You are his treasure. And he is ours, and that's what he wants you to, to trust in, that he is your treasure, just as you are his treasure. And what happens, though, when we have doubts about that? Yeah. What happens when um, maybe we get overcome by, you know, what's happening to us in the world? I mean, you just faced heart surgery. Yeah. And hoping all of a sudden he's out, you know, um, 
we were what, trimming, the trimming the grass and he comes in and he's not feeling well and before you know it he's under the knife and and triple bypass yeah. surgery all of a sudden things change and we get overwhelmed by the things that happen to us in this fallen world because of our our fallen humanity and because everything is not as god created it to be it needs to be redeemed and that's what god and christ came into the world to do that and so what happens then and what happens if um, maybe you have trouble believing that god loves you or Maybe you don't believe in God at all. What then? Then you worry. Then you're anxious about everything. Mm -hmm. Then you have to try and control things for yourself. Then you have to take over the God job, right? Yeah. And it's it's stressful. Yeah. <laughs> it it's it it takes everything from you. You have to worry about. Then you worry about what you eat or what you drink or all of those things. And then um, Jesus comes in and says, "What what are you doing?" Look around. You didn't do all of this. I did. And look how I take care of things. You know, I, um, the birds. Look, they have neither storehouse nor barn. They neither sow nor reap. And yet God takes care of them. And you are much more valuable than the birds. You are his priceless. treasure. Yeah, priceless. You are his treasure. And Thomas, I'm going to throw, throw something at you. We're going to take a look at that picture right there. If you can... Um, afterwards show us that picture up there um, right. but it's the illustration in this chapel about um, uh, the the treasure in the field and really we're Jesus treasure he he takes us out of death into life and so we have access to something far greater than ourselves and if you remember last week we talked about the uh, the foolish rich man well the foolish rich man just lived by the abundance of his possessions here and he was foolish because mm -hmm. he um, uh, had to realize that all of these things that he had accumulated for himself would be given to someone else. And who knows what they would do with it, right? Right. Um, but I kind of turned that around. And after thinking about this and pondering this last week, it, it came out in the sermon. If you think about it, Jesus was a fool for us. Yes. He won. I mean, he did all the work for all of these treasures that um, uh, he would have for us and and he simply just gives them out to us and what we do with them who knows it's kind of like the um the parable of the sower he sows his seed and it goes all the benefits of his work go to someone else they go to you he's a fool for you in in the sense that he loves you with everything he is and everything he has and he gives you these gifts by faith and remember you've heard me say a lot of times believing is receiving well, our Lord gifts us with these gifts and believing is to receive them and it's the antidote to our anxiety and to our worry. And here's the key, um, key verse in this passage from the gospel, I think. And it's this, where um, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We don't have to stress out and try and get it. Um, we don't have to... Uh, try and uh, make ourselves good enough for God. No, we are his children and he gifts us with the kingdom. Everything he is and has, he gifts to us. Now I'm going to be a grandpa and, and a, a, a little daughter is in the womb right now, yeah. Tori and, yeah. and uh, it's, uh, Joshua and Tori, my, um, my son Joshua and his wife Tori and they have uh, this little baby in the womb right now. And, and, what they're doing now is they're preparing the room for 
jerk their baby, right? And they haven't even, except on a picture on the technology, right? They haven't really seen her yet. We know it's a her. Okay. Um, but they're preparing for this baby and, and they're ready to just um, bombard her with gift after gift after gift after gift, right? Because they love her. And that's how God is toward all of us. He loves us. So he, he gifts us with, with gift after gift after gift. Faith is simply accessing those gifts. And they're eternal gifts, um, both life now and forever. And she will be baptized like we're baptized into Christ. And what does that mean? We have access to all of the gifts of heaven. And God's promises of to provide for us uh, he, and with everything we need for this life and for the life to come, he does. And we see that in history that yeah. is laid out in that Hebrews passage and also with that promise to Abram. Yeah. So that's where yeah. I'm going with it. Yeah. Do you, you want, want to describe the photo for people in the podcast? Yes. Um, so there is a, a cemetery there and um, Jesus is pulling out the casket of one baptized into Christ. So the, the message there is Jesus sells everything, gives everything away in his suffering and death. He, he, he gives his life for us that we might receive the blessings of his life. So in his resurrection, he, what does he do? He, he rises from the dead to now take us out of the tomb to be with him and one another in heaven throughout all eternity. It's really a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, the, the, the saying goes on, he bought that field, of course, a reference to the pearl of great price. Yeah. And we are that pearl of great price for which Christ gave his all to redeem us yeah. and to bless us with that gift of faith. You talk about baptism, takes us back to Titus 3 and the washing of rebirth and renewal uh, by the Holy Spirit, the reminder that what we are and what we have in terms of faith and uh, God is the object of faith comes from him in the first place, mm -hmm. comes from the Holy Spirit. So we are true recipients uh, of God's grace and favor um, and therefore, is redeemed. You know, and it, it's kind of interesting, you know, sometimes people look at this pastor and says, well, just don't worry. And what do we do? Well, oh my goodness, I'm oh, worrying. Yeah. So maybe I'm not doing what God says I should do. Yeah, that's uh, really not the meaning of the passage of, at all. It, it's basically, you don't have to worry yeah. because you got it all in Christ. Yeah. Everything, you have access to all of the blessings of God sure. in Christ and have sure. ever since you were baptized sure. into him. You're a child of God. You inherit it. All of these blessings are yours through faith. That is by believing, by sure. receiving them. Sure. You have all of the treasures of heaven. So the big thing in this passage is, is that really that our Lord treasures you. You are his treasure. He, he comes to be with you because he treasures you. Mm -hmm. His heart is with you because he treasures you. He yeah. loves you with an everlasting love so that we can be with him and one another in heaven throughout all eternity. Which is interesting because we've got this mixed metaphor going on here of God's provision for nature. But then in verse 32, as you pointed out, he goes to the shepherd imagery. Fear not, little flock. Yeah. You know, and the Father's good pleasure. And above good pleasure, I wrote in my Bible the word grace. Yeah. Because that is his good pleasure, his gracious favor, to care for us as his sheep. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, the shepherd imagery, uh, literal sheep who follow their shepherd, they have no worries yeah. because the shepherd has got their back, is leading wherever they need to be, yeah. providing for them. Uh, we, however, sometimes the object of our faith is this world and our own goodness, mm -hmm. and we fail and we get full of anxieties. 
Okay. So what does Jesus do in this text? He says, do not be anxious. But then if you drop down to the bottom of the reading, he says, oh, you of little faith. The, the law concern there is that anxiety has a way of reducing faith. Yeah. So what's the answer? Well, remi the reminder that life is more than food it is a spiritual gift from God and his kingdom and his righteousness. Oh. And that he works for us. Yeah. And he closed Jesus. And and you think about it, he closed the field, right? But he closed us with his righteousness yes. and goodness. So the end of the story is this. No worries. No worries. So we'll close with a hymn. Um, and this hymn is a newer hymn. And um, it's entitled Consider How the Birds Above. So basically it picks up on where Jesus says, Hey, look at the birds. Uh, God takes care of them. You're much more valuable than they. You're the crown of his creation. He'll take care of you. So let's take verses 1, 2, and 6. All right? All right. I'll start us off. You get me into two now, man. Hold on. I'll start us out. And then you consider how the birds above eat day by day with carefree ease. Does God not keep them in his love? Are we not worth much more than these? The lilies grow, they do not toil. How fair is their fragility. If God clothes these which quickly spoil, will he not clothe both you and me? Seek first God's reign, his boundless grace, his holy name in all you do. Christ first and last in every place, all else will then be given you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome, Pastor. Pastor.